0: Hello, welcome to Chapter Three Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is season two, episode 28. And today, me and Leanna are here to talk about the controversial show. rings of power. And uh, we've got two rather different perspectives on the show for you. So it should be should be fun. But first, before we dive into it, I do want to make a special announcement. We are going to be trying something a little experimental and see how it goes for our live show. We're we're doing a live show, a live live show for the podcast episode for Wisdom of Crowds by Joe Abercrombie. It's going to be November 29th at 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. So after that episode airs, people who are downloading the podcast to listen to will then get access to it. Probably the next day I'll be able to upload it. Um, But if you want to join us over on YouTube, we will be doing an actual live show where you can interact with us and comment. And we're going to see how it goes. If things go well, you could perhaps expect to see some similar things in the coming year. And in case you missed the announcement previously in 2023, we're going to be doing a Witcher read-along. So if you want to join us, it's going to be fun. Yay. I'm excited. I am too. I think it's going to be, it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be fun. And we'll try to be good about for audio listeners later on actually reading the comments out loud and not just reading them in our heads, because I feel like that is one, one problem with with live shows. So we'll we'll try to figure out how to make that work. But we are going to talk Rings of Power, and I think this should be interesting because I... I actually liked the show. I don't think it's perfect. I do think And, we're still, and we're still friends. It's an crazy. option. It is. We can disagree on stuff. Yeah. Actually it's kind of funny. I ended up going live the other night with uh Jesse from the Bookish Mom and we we're reacting to Barnes and Noble best books of the year. And I feel like part of the live show ended up turning into reacting to things Liana does and doesn't like. <laughs> And because I was like, listen, like you can dislike different things and you can still be friends. And if you have strong feelings about a thing that they make a video about, just don't watch it. It's okay.
1: What what particularly did I piss you guys off about that you were like, we forgive her.
0: I don't even remember what the exact thing was. I think somebody mentioned in the comments something about your thoughts on it. And I was like, yeah, like it's fine. We're still friends. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. Um, there's so many to choose from. There's so <laughs> many to choose from. It's true. But I thought that was entertaining. People are like, she doesn't like anything. I was like, that's not true. I like first love. She does. Well, other in than- fact, oh. just today I ordered a new set of first love. Did you really? <laughs>
1: I think when everything that I have ordered or projected to own, because, you know, like um, some are collections that they have not re- like they are going to release like the rest of it, but it's not released yet. Yeah. So like for ever, all of all the books that I'm going to have once I complete those sets, I will be able to fill an entire
0: bookcase with just first law books. Wow. I look forward to that day. <laughs> wow. That is really impressive. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we're going to talk Rings of Power. Liana, you have unexpectedly gained... And some youtube notoriety with your like videos making fun of rings of power yeah which was an accident
1: <laughs> i did not plan to cover the show at all other than mm-hmm. to like maybe like well since i was i had planned to cover house of the dragon and mm-hmm. i was like i might mention rings of power right. as a counterpoint but like I had planned to cover house of the dragon we did a read along to those books this year I this was the thing I would do rings mm-hmm. of power I was gonna watch it because like yeah. you know it's happening I'm curious I had no plans to cover the show whatsoever and then episode three I was like texting so many people while I was watching it just like cracking jokes about it mm-hmm. and mostly just repeating what was happening in the episode I didn't even have to make a joke I was like this happened that's ridiculous this happened that's ridiculous and I looked at my messages that I had sent to everybody for that episode and I was like I could just basically transfer these messages into a list on a word doc and that's a script for a video right there like Mm -hmm. with no effort and I was like whatever yeah I mean maybe no one will watch it who cares I was like but yeah I'll just like read aloud basically Lo jokes. and
0: behold, a lot of people <laughs> watched it, and I
1: was like, "I guess I'm doing this now." But then I was like, really panicky because I was like, yeah. well, "Episode three was particularly, uh, excuse me, particularly hilariously dumb." So mm-hmm. I was like, I, "I was basically just like, this is stupid," and then read aloud what happened. And so then when people were like, "Oh, you have to do this for the next episode," and I was like, "I can't guarantee the next episode will be equally ridiculous." <laughs> I was like, I, can't, I, I, can't, "I That's so much pressure." So then I was like, mm-hmm. "I have to like." I don't know, find a way to make it funny. <laughs> I don't know. God, I hope it's bad. It's like, if <laughs> I have to keep I doing this. Because I was like, the, the comedy just writes itself, you know, like on, the, on a particularly dumb scene. You know, you don't, it's, it's kind of like when, uh, I don't forget, I forget who I said this to, but it was kind of like um, when people kept saying that comedians are glad that Trump is president because they don't have to write comedy. They can just read the news aloud and it's just funny. I mean, yeah. So like, that was like me with rings of power. I was like, I, I'm not making jokes. I'm just telling you what happened in the episode
0: and laughing about it.
1: So yeah. Yeah. It happened.
0: It happened. And then those took off and yeah, I have not talked about it yet. I am going to, I've recorded one video i'm not doing every episode but i i did record one video because i'm like I, am i like the lone voice out here saying i'm not the only person so i'm assuming this or-
1: this one video is like an overview of like the whole season
0: yeah it's not super specific it's more talking about generally speaking my thoughts on it criticisms i have things i liked about it where i disagree with some of the critiques of the show so it's it's not hyper specific um but yeah so i do have that coming out on a new channel <laughs> that i made because i youtube doesn't apparently like it when i talk about things that are not books so i was like well i'm just gonna make another channel to talk about tv sh- and fil- films and stuff so turning into a mogul i know I've gotten an empire of youtube channels <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was perfect. And I think there are things they could have done better. But overall, I had a pretty good time with the show. And I think it's interesting, because, you know, I'm coming at it as somebody who is admittedly not an expert in Tolkien. I was gonna say,
1: maybe we should talk about like, how much, if at all, we're like, you know, into, aware of, familiar with Tolkien
0: right which i think is an important thing to talk about because the people watching the show come from a variety of backgrounds and i think I, and i mean i get it like understandably i think where i've seen a lot of criticism is from people who are deeply familiar with all of the tolkien things i am a i guess a moderate lord of the rings fan i would say i've read the hobbit i've read the trilogy i like them a lot i walk grew up as a teenager watching the Peter Jackson movies and I loved those but I have not read all the extended content the Silmarillion I'm not by any means an expert in it so I'm kind of coming at it as somebody who has you know loved the world for a long time and is somewhat familiar with the properties but hasn't I I don't know all the things like there are people who know a lot more about everything than I do
1: i'm pretty similar um i read the trilogy i started reading the silmarillion before rings of power came out like right directly before so i was thinking oh it'd be cool to read the silmarillion before this comes out but i hadn't finished it before the show started airing and i started watching the show and i was like you know what i think reading the silmarillion will upset me (laughs) um i should just put a pin in that and read (laughs) the silmarillion after the show is done airing because I will be more upset than I already am <laughs> if I actually read the Silmarillion.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and to be fair, right, Amazon doesn't have the rights to the Silmarillion anyway. So in terms of if they're making stuff up, that's, you know, they weren't given the rights to that. I, the other thing, and this I think is interesting because I do follow, like, if anybody is looking for an expert in Tolkien to follow who mostly, like. I largely like the show with some criticisms don marshall 72 on tiktok i really enjoy and so i've learned some deeper lore from him which has been kind of kind of interesting but i guess one thing too is that the Silmarillion and some of the extended stuff wasn't published in Tolkien's lifetime. It was put together by his kids after his death. Mm -hmm. And apparently he was also pretty well known for changing his mind about things quite frequently. So like, who knows whether all of it was even canon, so to speak.
1: Yeah, but we do have a pretty like established, you know, published by the estate of Tolkien, at least by his son, you know, based mm-hmm. on the notes he had written, like, right, there's nothing to suggest that he had intended to change his mind. <laughs> <about> yeah. <anything. laughs>
0: yeah, not necessarily. but I think I don't remember exact because again, not an expert. But I do remember hearing he had like multiple different endings at different points for thi- for characters and different ideas of where different things came from. So I but that all of that aside, honestly, for me, doesn't even really matter because I think I don't need and I, I don't need an adaptation to necessarily be entirely faithful to the source material. I know. And I mean, the Peter Jackson movies are not entirely
1: faithful to the source material. No.
0: And I think for some people that's a problem. I think some people feel like Tolkien is sort of a sacred text to a certain extent where, you know, like they don't want anything different. And that's not how I feel. I I feel like for me an adaptation is successful if I – I mean, honestly, like if I have more – enough enjoyment watching it that I want to be doing that instead of doing the myriad of other things I could be doing, like – I mean, on the surface of it, yeah.
1: like that position on adaptations as a whole is also my position. <laughs> we just disagree about whether or not it was successful just because like I've said before, you yeah. know, that like uh, coming into Rings of Power mm-hmm. that like, okay, like I don't, I don't care. I don't, I shouldn't say I don't care because I would care a bit, but mm-hmm. like I don't ultimately care if it's faithful to like the letter of, you know, what Tolkien said happened or right. Tolkien said is how this works or whatever. Like, Honestly, like, if it was, like, completely balls to the wall, has, like, breaks every possible bit of lore, does not tie into Lord of the Rings whatsoever, but was by itself, like, a compelling piece of television that I was like, look, if I turn off the part of my brain that's aware that Tolkien is a real thing and just watch this, like, Mm -hmm. it's a heck of a ton of fun. But I don't feel that it is. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think it's good on either level. I'm like, it's not, if it was like a, because you could have a really, really faithful adaptation mm-hmm. that's boring as all get out because it's just like, this is how it happened. It doesn't matter if on screen we should change it to make it better pacing for TV. It doesn't matter. This is what yes. happened. Like that could be boring too. And then you'd be like, yeah. well, it's accurate. So right. like, I don't think it was accurate or good. <laughs> like I just think it was in every <laughs> on every metric bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think for me, it was... You know, definitely not perfect. I think it for sure has some pacing issues and a couple of weird choices. But overall, I mostly enjoyed it. I, I liked a lot of the characters. I enjoyed being back in Middle Earth because, and you know, like having grown up watching the Peter Jackson films in my very formative years, I think that was just really fun for me. And I think a lot of the things about the show that irritated people just did not bother me.
1: I think... I hadn't thought of it in these terms yet, mm-hmm. but um, when you just said, you know, it was nice to be back in the world and it's nostalgic, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't feel that way because I don't feel like I'm back in the world, you know, mm. so it feels, I'm mainly missing the Peter Jackson movies when I watch it, <laughs> and I realize that it's almost exactly the same feeling that I have if I watch the like soulless Disney live action remakes of their classic movies where I'm like... It's po- supposed to give me nostalgia for the Beauty and the Beast, but mostly I'm going, this is awful, but I really wish I was watching Beauty and the Beast, which I love. This is not it. <laughs> so,
0: I like, mean, that to, was my experience. You know what? Me. Like, and to be controversial and nobody's going to trust my take. but you know what? It's fine. Oh, you like I what? mean, what? I liked <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast adaptation. Oh. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it. No. I, so, So, I mean, I think that's the thing is like, I just, like, I, I think there are things that really bother some people that don't bother me in the films and adaptations. I think my biggest issue with this was some of the pacing. I did think it was too slow. And I think they dragged out the reveal of who Sauron was, which we'll maybe wait to talk specifically about that till we get to a spoiler section. But um, I think they dragged that out too long. I don't think that that mystery should have been the entire First well season.
1: i think one or the other so it's like it's in the awful middle and i want I, if you want to keep the it's spoiler free i'll keep the spoiler free but we like, can
0: do a spoiler section but like let's right but i'm saying like yeah, to make
1: yeah, it yeah, clear, yeah i can keep it that it was the worst of both worlds like either you're right they shouldn't have stretched that out so long or mm-hmm. they should have stretched it far more we're like well beyond this first season <laughs> we are slowly gonna come to this realization as opposed mm-hmm. to like it's like it was slow, 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 slow. And then just like and then bam, all of
0: a sudden, like, yeah. I'm sorry that we did not build up to this reveal. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think there was so much going on and so many different characters. Like, so I liked the characters. I liked I, I know you did not, but I did. Like I I liked most of the characters. I just think there were too many things happening in different places and they really dragged out. Like we were in um my okay my brain now is like deciding can not true you
1: if you give me thank you the
0: city the island Numenor? Numenor. Thank you. Oh my God. Like I, which I filmed a video about the Atlantis, Atlantis <laughs> Numenor. Oh, like we were in Numenor for a long time and nothing was really happening. So, I mean, I like a slow burn, but this, we were with the Harfoots for a
1: long time and nothing ever happened. I mean, that that's true. Line.
0: I like, I didn't mind that you're, you're not wrong about that. I just find the Harfoots charming. So I don't really care i know some like there's so much hate for the harfoots but i like them i think they're cute so it's you well know, it's fun. if you
1: respect them for living by the pirates code he who falls behind gets left behind like how
0: charming <laughs> they're survivors they gotta survive
1: you someone know? had a broken
0: ankle and they
1: have wagons and they can't yeah. pull that fella along that's
0: it was harsh adorable it was harsh but i really liked like nori i i thought the Harfoots were cute, but um, it is true that we did have, again, we had a lot of repetition of like plot points with them and in other places. So I think that that is probably my biggest issue is just the pacing. Like, you know, again, I'm cool with a slow burn to a certain point, but this season really drags stuff out and really well, drags the mystery to, out.
1: To spend so much time dragging out things that only later, later, later pay off or that literally never pay off because there's no point to it. Like the hard foots, like to spend all that time. Then there's other stuff that like, they just in the last episode were like, whoops, we forgot to do this at all. So let's do it now. And you're like, instead of
0: wasting hours on that other
1: stuff, you could have been building up to this maybe
0: possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, like that, I think is like a totally fair criticism. And I would like to see them do a better job with story pacing in season two. Um it, But I guess I, I guess I just feel like for me, that's, that's really my main critique of the show. Other than the weird scene with Galadriel slow-mo on a horse grinning. I was like, what is this scene? Like that was i mean we we had her riding weird. slow-mo several times
1: that was the worst one but that was like the she worst. was also riding slow
0: yet again like, it's the only way she knows how to ride it's true i don't <laughs> know what that was that was like a weird shot where i was like what is happening
1: i don't understand who don't watched know. the final cut of that episode and was like yep keep like yep, in. keep
0: it in the grinning face that'll be charming to the audience <laughs> yeah that was that was an odd odd choice so, you know, like there are critiques to be made. I think things could have been better, but that aside, otherwise, like I mostly was enjoying it, and I am excited to see what they're gonna do in season two. I, you know, I like a lot of the characters. I think probably one of the biggest highlights of the show for me is the all the stuff with the Dwarves and Elrond. Like I will concede that that part sucked
1: less than the rest it of it sucked. <laughs> <less>. <laughs> I also think that was helped by the fact that, like, a lot of it looked so CGI all the time. And the Mm -hmm. parts with the dwarves, like, it's easier to just have a rock wall look kind of grounded and real. Mm -hmm. Like, all of the, most of the other shots looked so, like, that Hmm. fake green screeny, like, this doesn't look grounded feel. Whereas, like, in the caves, you're like, yeah, they're in
0: caves. Okay, well, so, see, that's interesting because that's not how they filmed it. Like, they filmed, they, like built sets for most of it and filmed it in New Zealand I know which is why I'm shocked that it looks so fake all the time that's so weird I guess I didn't feel that way I didn't I thought it was beautiful honestly
1: I I thought it was beautiful in the way that a video game is beautiful where like when you watch a video game you're Mm -hmm. like this is very pretty but this looks really 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 fake so like yeah (laughs) like it's pretty but like not you don't feel grounded that's so interesting like it looked like the hobbit movies the hobbit movies were also filmed in new zealand
0: but they looked much
1: more fake than the lord of the rings movies because they put over it a ton of cgi yeah
0: huh it's so interesting would you agree
1: that the hobbit movies look a lot more fake than the lord of the rings movies
0: uh maybe i don't know that that's something that really stood out to me i mean i think the hobbit movies are bad for other reasons (laughs)
1: But just, like, as an example, they also filmed it in New Zealand, um, but, like, yeah. they clearly did a lot in post that made it look <laughs> really
0: fake. Yeah, maybe. That's so interesting. In general, I liked the the look of the show, and I thought it was really lovely, and I was enjoying that part of it. I, yeah, I don't, so I, I just think it's, I just think it's interesting. Okay, okay, one other thing, too. And we've talked about this before, but I've been thinking about it since the finale aired because we had kind of talked previously like midway through the season. Off. I
1: was. Gonna say, I had. A, was I mean, kind of curious if you still felt as positively towards it now that because because we talked uh-huh. yeah, about as you said yeah, yeah, season yeah. and now yeah. like at the end you're like because like Hillary our friend mm-hmm. like she was trying to like it and then yeah. about at the midway point was like it's not good so I was like yeah. maybe Bethany had a change of heart midway too. <laughs> no
0: well so I think midway it, there were a couple of episodes where I was like oh, okay this really needs to pick up and then for me it did like the last couple episodes I liked so it yeah overall mostly positive like i think i mean
1: tell me how you feel about them walking away from a volcanic eruption just no problem (laughs) how how do you feel about that
0: (laughs) whatever it's fine is like (laughs) what did we do wrong (laughs) i i don't know i like i think I guess that's just like not maybe the kind of detail I think about in the moment. Like that wasn't. Well, but I mean, it's I not kind of, of a
1: detail that's like if you can walk away from that. Yeah. How am I ever gonna feel like you're in danger in any situation when an, a volcanic eruption didn't take you down? Mm-hmm. Like, so what? What are the the rules? What are the stakes? What right. are the power levels here? Right. When like the peasant boy can just like shake it off from a volcanic eruption you know I'm just like i feel no danger than in any circumstance
0: no i mean which i think is that that's a fair criticism i don't think there is a strong sense of high stakes in the show i don't know that that really bothered me but i can see why it would if that makes sense like would i maybe have been more invested in it if the stakes were higher yes probably but did it actively take away from me liking it no
1: i don't so so. so i obviously thought basically everything about the show sucked, but like it's like it's little things like this that i feel like um if the show did one or two things like this i would i mean i would call it i would definitely call it out because that's who i am yeah but if it was just the one or two i'd be like because the house of the dragon which Mm -hmm. obviously we're all comparing for those of us who are watching both because they're airing at the same time Mm -hmm. you can't not do it you know that too like people will you know they hyper overreact to like some bad choices that I would generally agree, like not a great choice. Um, yeah, because it is like a scene that's for spectacle, you know, that's right. done for like a cool visual, um, or or done for a shock moment of character death type of situation. You're like, well, that was kind of dumb that that happened. But when they're like, oh, this show is garbage now, I'm like, no, like one bad scene does not negate an entire excellent season of television. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, like if we like if we in a vacuum just you and I talked about each of these individual things that I have a problem with that I guess most people in my camp have a problem with like <laughs> any one of them in a vacuum by itself is not mm-hmm. that big a deal you're right but it's like the accumulation when you're like okay but it's not just the one thing though it's like this and this and this and this and this and this, mm-hmm. and, this mm-hmm. and this and this and this. you're like I can forgive one, two, three. But when it's, like, the entirety of every episode, I'm having to forgive 90% of what's happening. I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the difference for me is that while watching it, most of the stuff you bring up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That is in there. But while I was watching it, I didn't notice it. It didn't bother me. Like, it it did not negatively impact my viewing experience in the moment. And I, I, so I think that's the thing is, like, I just am less bothered by a lot of those things which i think is often true even when we dis- disagree on books that you hated. I am a of nits. you are <laughs> i mean is... which, it was just <laughs> which i mean you are i mean but which is fine there's nothing you know like that's totally fine but i think frequently that's what happens when there's a book i love and you hate it and you're like well this and this and this and i'm like i mean you're not wrong i just don't care <laughs> i mean i feel like that's kind of how i feel with rings of power like there are things i, do, I care about there are things that i am bothered by and I'm like yeah this could have been better I hope they improve it in season two but taken on a whole I feel more positively than negatively about it and I think a lot of those things I I just I it didn't bother me that much
1: I think it also extremely bothers me because if this isn't just some random mid-budget fantasy nonsense this Mm is a billion dollars and it's Tolkien and you're like that these were pretty high bars, you know, like the, like you're expected to do better when you're handed a billion dollars in Tolkien's name, you know, like that.
0: I don't know. I think, I think the problem is I feel like people get really precious about Tolkien and other, you know, kind of like big name classics. And that is just not. But I mean, like, then I'm like, why are we adapting Tolkien at all? You know,
1: like, I, okay, you have a billion dollars, so adapt mm-hmm. something else. Like, if you have no real interest in actually adapting Tolkien, then that's fine. You don't have to adapt Tolkien. Just because adapt a different people story. People like
0: me like it. I mean, because partly because, like, people come to it because they're loosely familiar with Lord of the Rings. It was something, a project that they wanted to do. And I'm not mad about it. Like I'm like, great, good. Please give me things that are kind of Tolkien-esque and I don't need it to be perfect. I don't I don't know. Like I also don't think I went into the show with a specific idea in my head of what it needed to be at all. And so I've just kind of enjoyed I'm, the I ride.
1: Mean, I'm there are people that had a specific idea and or require it to be. One thousand percent, perfectly, exactly what Tolkien right. said. And I'm not that person. No, so like, I wouldn't, and I know that. Yeah. Okay, impress me. You know, like you have a billion dollars, like you've decided we're we've we can do Tolkien. We're gonna do this. So like, okay, fine. It won't be Peter Jackson's films. It'll be your own thing. Mm-hmm. Show me what you got. And in the first episode, I was like, already, I have like fifty billion problems with what you're doing. But okay, okay. You know, uh, it, you could. That doesn't mean you can't fix it. You can't. First episodes can be rough. Many of my favorite shows have bad first episodes. See, I so, really liked okay. the
0: first episode. I thought the first episode was
1: great. But <laughs> well, my point is, like, I didn't go into it being like, is this going to suck and mm-hmm. I'm going to look for reasons to hate it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I thought Wheel of Time was awful. So, like, I'm nervous. Right. But also, I I hoped that I was like, I when Wheel of Time was as bad as it was, I was like, hopefully this means that all of their creative efforts were on rings of power and that's why wheel of time took the hit because they were just didn't care about it because they were like whatever wheel of time get it out we're doing Mm -hmm. rings of power so i was like that could be a good sign weirdly for rings of power like that that wheel of time was so bad weirdly so i was like "It, it could be great it could be and many i mean the trailers also did not impress me but again there's been many a thing where i've like uh seen the trailers and thought the trailer looks amazing and then watch it be like that was awful and there's been many a thing where i would never watch it because the trailer looked terrible and someone's like no no watch it and i do and i'm like actually that was amazing why was the trailer so bad mm-hmm. so again i went into it being like i i don't know but i'm hoping it's good i would like to like it mm-hmm. and then it just it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and it got to the point where like the, uh, the last episode i was like i'm expecting it to be bad because it's all been bad mm-hmm. and i still was not ready for
0: how bad the last episode was (laughs) it's so funny i mean because i just like i don't agree like you know like i really liked the first episode i you know as i said like there were definitely some episodes in the middle that i was like oh my god they're dragging this out forever but i really liked the way that it ended i was i i think they took too long with the reveal of who people were but like, I I found it to be a satisfying conclusion. I liked where it was going. I like the choices they're making with some of the character arcs, which we can talk about if we want to get into some spoilery things. I was going to say, like, if we're... If we yeah, watch, let's, watch. let's do that.
1: <laughs> I think people who are watching this have seen Rings of Power or probably, don't plan probably. to watch it. <laughs> or,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, I again just like with uh, broad strokes where like I agree in concept yep. adaptations don't need to be 100% accurate they can just they can be in fact wildly inaccurate as long as they're telling a good story and are mm-hmm. making choices that make for good TV or good cinema or, or whatever. And so like on paper the extremely loosely the concept of what they were attempting to do with Halbrand/Sauron mm-hmm. that could have the potential to be an interesting thing.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: for this to be the kind of thing they're doing, I should be able at the end of this uh, last episode and the end of the season to be like, I can't wait to go back and watch all the scenes with Halbrand and see how he was actually manipulating people in a way that I didn't pick up on at first. But now that you pointed out to me, I can't wait to go back and see it and to catch it. But that didn't happen. He didn't manipulate anybody. He didn't. He wasn't being Trixie the whole time. I don't think that's true. No,
0: I think he was. Tell me when and how. No, I'm serious because I. This is the thing. Is like I think he is a a character who tries to give people what they want and manipulates people by giving them what they want and using that to get what he wants. And I think you can trace a through line of that. And I think you can see him doing that throughout the show. And that was really like through the whole thing i mean the the everything that happened from the moment that he rescued galadriel even though everybody else on that thing died because he wanted her to feel indebted to him and then like i just i just feel like there there has been to me at least like i feel like there has been that of him kind of nudging things along in different ways of, like, who he's interacting with and the choices that he's making, which I think is interesting. Even if you don't see it, I still think it's interesting having him be the be Sauron, because even if, like, because I think there is an argument to be made that perhaps he felt conflicted about some of the things that he had done in the past and wasn't sure, like, all the time whether it was the right thing, which I also think is interesting, but I... I think in the Peter Jackson movies, Sauron was the sort of vague, dark, e- evil figure. Well, in figure the that Lord did- of
1: the Rings. Like the yeah, books.
0: Right. And Saren in the books too, like where there's not a lot of motivation, there's not a lot of personality. And I think even though, yeah, they made a lot of it up, I think what they did in the show makes for such a more interesting villain, at least to me, because there are moments where you're saying – okay but like you have a point <laughs> like or you know like or you which like is why them. i
1: said in broad strokes concept yeah. like that as a concept mm-hmm. has the potential to make for great television yeah. but like at all times so like when they're in numenor Galadriel's is the one that's like we need to go to middle earth and you need to be the king and he's like zero percent no i mean like i am gonna go be a blacksmith do not involve me in this uh-huh. and he's not at no point is there a double meaning at no point is he like nudging something else happening he's just saying no i don't want this so that later you're surprised he did want it so reverse psychology was his manipulation like
0: well or he was i mean maybe at that point could have been conflicted about what he wanted to do or if he wanted to keep going with it but i think also you know if he knows as much as he supposedly does know about galadriel and how single-minded she is like tell her no Just tell her no. You can't do. Well, I said in my
1: video as a joke that that was his plan. That like, tell
0: Ladril no, and
1: she can't stand anyone disagreeing with her. I mean, honestly,
0: okay, but honestly, I mean that is kind of her, and I feel like to me too that unpleasant. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's fine. I think it, it personally, like I like female characters like that who go on interesting. Like I like the character arc she's on, and I think that this is she is on a journey of learning why that's a problem i mean in the most extreme way possible but honestly that that was what i took away from it was that tell me i'm
1: wrong that this is what happens in the last episode right so galadriel decides to finally do a background check after running with her wild connecting of dots and just being 100 percent all eggs in that basket yeah so she's like i should do a background check so she gets the background check yeah and what she learns is simply and only that the the this royal lineage died out right and so she's like you're not the king and he's Mm -hmm. like i literally told you i wasn't i told you i found this on a dead man and her conclusion based on only that information is you are Sauron based on the fact that some guy I found floating in the sea who told me he was a nobody who told me he found this thing on a dead body. It turns out that is true that he is a nobody and he's not in fact the king. She's like, no, this can only mean that you are Sauron.
0: Ah, I think there was more to it than that. I'm trying to, cause it's been like, it's been a little while since I watched it, but I want to say the reason she did the background check in the first place was that she was starting to get suspicious because of other things that had happened And so I think that she was maybe starting to wonder if that was what was going on and doing the background check for her was what kind of confirmed what she was suspecting already. That was my take.
1: But like her, it's so like her reasoning for suddenly, like she as suddenly decides that he is the King and then equally suddenly decides that he must instead be Sauron. Like these, these leaps of logic are ridiculous and then the fact that thereafter when he explains himself and she's like absolutely not and like literally the the conversation between them Mm -hmm. is like um he says no I told you I found that on a dead man and -hmm. she was like no on the boat you saved me and you wanted to go to Middle Earth and I'm like that in no way contradicts what he just said Mm -hmm. he said I found it on a dead man and you said no you saved me that has nothing to do with what he just
0: said and she's like you convinced them to go to Middle Earth he's like no you did like She's, it's nonsense. Well, I don't think it's nonsense though, because I think you got to keep in mind, right, her emotional journey in that moment and why the fact that he saved her is so crucial, right? Because like she has been on this hundreds of year vendetta against him for killing her brother. And he is like the evil one, the one that she's going to kill because he kills everyone. And so I think... in that moment if she's emotionally being like no you saved me how could it be possible that this person who is evil incarnate in my mind and has been like my one goal to kill you for this long because that's what I'm try- starting to suspect saved my life and I feel indebted you know what I mean like so I think that's the thing is like what she's saying to me makes a lot of sense given Where she would be emotionally in that moment, and how emotion how she would be responding to it. If
1: that's not what was going on in the conversation, though, because she's trying to confirm if her suspicion is correct. Does he have a reasonable explanation for who he actually is? No, because it's she's not. It's because she's
0: scared, Liana. Not everyone is logical when they're dealing with emotions. She's like, I mean, she's like in a moment where she's. Feeling these intense things she is suspecting that this might be the case and she doesn't want it to be true she's scared that it could be true and is trying to find reasons that it's
1: not but she's not though he's just giving her reasons why that's not true he was like i found it on a dead man you're the one that wanted to go to middle earth these are reasons that this might not be true and she goes you saved
0: me and is like
1: he is agreeing with you no
0: like- no 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 because no. he is saying sh- no i don't think that's right i think the fact that he's not the king is the thing that for her is like oh shit you're sauron and he's like well yeah i didn't like he's he's telling her yes i'm not who you thought i was I'm not the king that you decided that right, I was and right. forced me to take up. Right. Being. I mean, right. Like, but he let her, he like led her to believe it. Like he didn't technically lie to her, but like, clearly he like knew that was what she was going to assume. But which again, then like as care.
1: So like as a character, so then she's yeah. like, be the king, you're the king, take up the mantle. Yeah. You're the king. You have to be yeah. the king. And then yeah. he's like, Hey, okay. I am Sauron, but you know, uh-huh. like, let's fix it. Let's, let's, let's make middle earth a better place. And she's like, and you want to rule it? And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, how dare you never? I'm like, you were literally pushing him into ruling a land for the entirety of this show.
0: Yeah, but she didn't know who he was.
1: Okay, but like for for what so like this show relies on you knowing like the future that, oh, you've read Lord of the Rings, you know who Sauron is. So what what we're presented with is a dude who's like, look, like, okay, like you said I was king and I was like, all right, if that's what you want. But like, okay, yes, I am Sauron. And like, I told you I regret what I did. And I think Mm -hmm. we can fix it. And I think we can do better together. And she's like, go die, evil one. And I'm going to go make a ring of power for myself. But you be gone. But I'm not going to kill you, even though my entire life goal is to kill you. Not going to kill you, but not going to send any forces after you even though i hate you so 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 much that i can never ever consider that you might have a redemption arc like
0: i no but i love it i love that because the thing is is like the whole thing is is that that she is now so conflicted because yes she hates him and she wants to kill him but also like she's come to care for the person that she's gotten to know and she doesn't know how to make those things fit together and she's trying to figure it out and he is trying to manipulate her because he wants her to rule alongside him as his queen and so i think that's been maybe his end game from the very beginning is to like slowly draw her in by making. when you say from
1: the very beginning what is the
0: beginning because he was just on a raft
1: he would have no no idea
0: that galadriel was going to be in the water and that he would rescue her but maybe he did. He's like a shapeshifter. He can do all kinds of things. I, I think it was intentional. So I think it was intentional. to confirm, my yes. joke
1: video about Sauron's plan, That's,
0: you believe is his I, actual
1: plan. Yes, I It do. wasn't happenstance no. that he stumbled into actually having this. No, I the think Elf. that is
0: genuinely the, the case. So
1: how did he know that she would, one, be sent to Valinor by the elves to decide at the very last minute to be like, I will swim a thousand miles back to Middle-earth because I would rather do that than go to Valinor? And I let me get on a ship that I will then make sure is sabotaged so that we are shipwrecked near where she's going to definitely voluntarily jump into the water and then save her. Mm-hmm. And then also make sure this is strategically near enough to Numenor that they in turn save us. That's some
0: 40 magic right It's magic. No, I mean, no. I yeah, no, I mean, like, the, like, genuinely, though, that's what I think the deal is actually like well, that's, that's stupid <laughs> well, i don't agree i mean like we live in a world where they can do all kinds of stuff like why not they've got like the the orbs that they can see other people through like i mean like sure why couldn't sauron figure out stuff anyway but i think that regardless even if that's not the case even if it is like happenstance or fate that they met on the raft in the middle of the ocean or whatever the case may be or the showrunners needing a way to put them together i think at least for at the very least from that point his endgame has been to try to sort of seduce her into being his queen and ruling alongside him. That's what I think.
1: Seduce her by saying, leave me alone. I'm going to go be a smith.
0: Well, it worked, didn't it?
1: If you believe that he was trying to accomplish that by being... He was, it's like
0: nagging her, Liana. He was nagging her. So
1: we're saying that the master manipulator Sauron, like the greatest manipulator of all time who presents a beautiful face (laughs) to those who encounter him Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he seduces everyone with his beauty and his manipulation. This guy was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Make me. That's his master plan that I'm going to go back and be so impressed watching this master manipulator. He
0: was doing it all along. He sees the hearts of what the people want and he knew it would work with Galadriel and it was not, I mean, like, honestly it did. That is the person that she is and that would be the thing that would work for her. That's my take. I mean, not only is it dumb
1: in my opinion, but it's also so deeply uninteresting because like I said when I said I want to go back to the beginning now mm-hmm. after this shocking reveal yeah. that he is Sauron does yeah. <laughs> not
0: see that coming. Um, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. You were the first person to tell me that people assumed this, and I was like, "No way!" So I was actually genuinely surprised at the end, and I feel like, even though I I warned you, even though you warned me, I was like, "No, I don't think that's true." Always right.
1: I like the sea. Am always right. The sea is indeed always right, even when it drowns Alindel's wife. That must have been real
0: awkward for him. (laughs) That was that was kind of dumb the sea is right. i mean that jet yeah that fair no i don't know i mean i like it i think okay, it's so fun. explain I like to
1: Outland. me mm-hmm. how the new Minorians knew to go charging towards a random village on the day that a battle would be taking place who told them who the radio them? <laughs> They just, they landed on the beaches of Middle Earth and just started charging immediately and happened upon a town.
0: I mean, like, to be real, that whole thing of, like, how that happened, it was very rushed and we did not get a lot of information. I just, like, assume that it's the behind the scenes, they have a reason for it. I I I can't can't even conceive of a
1: okay you didn't show it to me but I could see a chain of events where they would have learned that this was they just got off of boats like they who would have told them that there was a random village that is expecting cavalry
0: didn't didn't they like light a thing and weren't there people that escaped to like run and like tell what had happened tell to
1: who the
0: the Numenoreans were sailing the elves and just landed the elves I don't know. I don't, I do not know the answer. It I just don't. Care. And then
1: this charging army somehow had the equipment and the time to build an entire camp upon the hill after the volcanic explosion happened. Already they have tents set up with tables and fresh clothes and men. I don't know where those supplies were or who escaped the lava to be like, okay, y'all survive the pyroclastic flow. We're going to be up here setting up camp. Okay. See you later. Mm-hmm. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Why yeah. did Galadriel think that Halbrand, who is at death's door, should get on a horse with oh, his yeah. infected oh, wound
0: that, and ride? Yes. That risks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that part, I was like, what? <laughs> why are why gonna- did Halbrand, who
1: was at death's door and was bedridden, when she was like, we're going to ride there, he was like, all right. Let me just walk to my
0: horse. Well, because it wasn't real. It he, I think. Well, because I think he was faking it. Because he. Well, that would certainly to... be a
1: dead giveaway, wouldn't it, if he was faking it? Oh, I thought she were
0: at death's door. You just got up and went to your horse. Gotcha, like, oh, but it hurts. <laughs> like ridiculous. I just don't mind. I mean, like I like I do think that he was kind of faking it. I just like I think this is the thing. It's like what you're saying. Fair. He suggested. To the legendary, the, the greatest
1: Elven Smith of all time, Kelebrim Boer, was mm-hmm. like, have you tried mixing metals? And he's like, why have I never heard of this extremely rudimentary metalworking concept? You impress me, young one. Do tell me more about this incredible idea of yours.
0: I mean, it's rudimentary to us. I <laughs> don't know. To yeah, metal. I mean, oh. A smith would know how to combine yeah. metals. No, I know, I know. Well, I mean, I think it sounded like he had combined some kinds of metals, but it sort of was like, oh, wait. But maybe if I did these other metals, I don't, I don't. It was ridiculous. This is
1: again <laughs> where, like, I would love it if the show was like mm-hmm. all these times when when Halbrand actually said a thing mm-hmm. that when you look back at it is so yeah. clever and actually has so many double meanings that yeah. you didn't notice that he what he suggested to Keller Brimbor was like actually actually clever in some way Mm. that it wasn't like okay so also this the dwarves have tons of mithril apparently all you got to do is mix it with some gold or some silver you got some rings of power baby so like why aren't do we not now have like tons of rings of power because they should be very easy to recreate (laughs) oh man yeah Like, I would love to be impressed with, like, Mm -hmm. wow, Sauron really is, like, uh, he's in a different league, like, outthinking everybody. But if I go back and watch it, like, okay, he's negging her? Like, that's the master plan? Like, (laughs) I mean, I guess, in fairness, it did work. It worked! If I'm, like, this is the greatest
0: manipulator of, like, millennia of an entire
1: world, like, I want to be impressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I guess that's really what it comes down to, is it's, like, I wasn't going into this necessarily looking to be impressed like as long as I'm having a good time it's fine like there were things that stood out to me like the thing on the horse I was like what but then the thing is is that for me that was resolved when it's revealed that he's Sauron because I was like, this makes no sense. But then I was like, oh. But it okay. makes no
1: sense because Galadriel doesn't know he's Sauron. So for her to be like, oh, we, we need to heal him. The best that we can do for him, well, is to get him on a horse right. and ride for six
0: well, days. Well, I mean, my like my best feeling on that like is that elves can deal with a lot more, and she's maybe just like not spent enough time around humans to know that their bodies are. Not but if she's like He's handling that? or that's why he needs
1: elvish medicine. No mm-hmm. one in Death Store emergency travels for many days and nights. <laughs> like that could kill you if you were fine. The horses should be dead.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe Death Store has a long foyer. Plus, I don't know why Arandir couldn't be
1: like, I have these magic seeds and I used them on Bronwyn's wounds and she was dandy the next day. Why don't we? Put some of those on Halbrand's wound and he'll be good to go. That is a good also, plan. Also, Deere previously said in the show mm-hmm. when Bronwyn asked him about it, that elves don't have healers because they don't need them. And then Galadriel's like, he needs elvish medicine. And I really wish Deere who was in the room, had been like, since
0: when? When
1: did you guys decide to start
0: healing? This is my first hearing of this. I mean, it could be a class thing where they're like, oh, sorry, we just like don't use the elvish medicine on the soldiers because it's too expensive you don't get health we use it no, only on the
1: king of the southlands the southlands exactly. by the way is a very rich kingdom of one village which now burned down so yay king yeah. that yeah. we never heard of before right. right and the people are like strength to this nobody that Bronwyn says is our king because he had a keychain that looked kind of fancy right oh man <laughs> I'm, I, mean,
0: I just can this about,
1: about this
0: yeah <laughs> I mean I think that's the thing is it's like I get why you're able to like make jokes about it because like yeah like if you think that hard about it sure I but again I it's like it as I no but I mean honestly like it's one of those things where like most of this is stuff that I'm like I just was enjoying the moment and didn't pay much attention to it because well on all the know? times when they like very obviously and
1: completely shamelessly we're trying to mirror a scene from lord of the rings like uh from the films i like that (laughs) but the thing is like every single time they did it well two things happened one it was the same thing as the live action remakes where i'm like this just makes me miss the thing that's better Uh so you've just reminded me of the thing that's better that's a bad idea but two it's every time they did it it was just so obvious that they don't understand what it is that made the original scene work And Mm. so they've just like shallowly recreated the like imagery of it, but nothing about what made that moment a powerful moment. And so it just feels empty and
0: hollow and like a cheap knockoff. That's interesting. I guess I just didn't like, I saw it more as having nods to the original movies and to the books But I didn't necessarily expect them to recreate specifically what those scenes were doing. Well, I would rather they did I'm just saying it goes to show they
1: don't understand what then generally makes a scene work. Because they don't understand what these scenes that they're imitating, like what made them work. And like, again, there's all these, so there's all these shots, right? Of like Mm -hmm. them riding across the lands. Like there's so many shots of that, right? And the thing is, what those shots, because like, yeah, Lord of the Rings has lots of those shots. And they Mm -hmm. work. And people don't have a problem with it. But in Rings of Power, they don't work, people do have a problem with it, but they're the same, right? It's just a wide shot of people riding across land. But in Lord of the Rings, distance means something. And when we're establishing how far they have to travel to get to this place, And how long that's going to take. And how huge this place is. And that's why it's going to take days and weeks Mm -hmm. and months to get to where they're going. To really give a sense of grounding of this world and how big it is. Here, Mm -hmm. everyone's teleporting across everywhere. It takes no time whatsoever. But we're going to take runtime to show a wide-angle shot of them riding. Do you feel how epic this is? No, I don't. Because this is doing nothing to actually do anything for your world building, for your story, for your character building. This scene is useless. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it probably is taking time, but I I actually – and I mean, maybe this is controversial as well, but I sort of wish they had kept going with the map that they had in the first couple episodes. I sort of liked that in terms of giving a sense of – where everybody actually is and how far apart things are from each other, but then we'd think- start to realize that it
1: makes no sense that they got there in two seconds. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, maybe, but I I feel like other alternatively, you know, they could have used the two in conjunction with each other to do what you're saying, which is show distance well, and length of time, which a- I think would have been interesting.
1: Elrond and Durin casually strolling from Linden to Kazadum, which is a many days journey, mm-hmm. but they just for an afternoon stroll, walk on over to Kaza Doom. So, like, but let's definitely let have wide-angle shots of people walking for some reason. Like, to establish the distance, I guess, or the lack thereof.
0: Like, those elves yeah. are going to
1: carry that table all the way to Kazad Doom, the one that Durin lied and he doesn't actually yeah. have any reverence for. That amazing scene. So.
0: I mean, they probably have, like, a wagon waiting off screen or something, you know? But uh, No, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think especially for the later episodes in the series, because they dragged out earlier ones and then- Oh shit, we haven't see- made any rings of power yet, guys. We need to make some rings of power. It's the last episode. Um, okay, go to Dollar yeah. Tree, get some ugly
1: plastic rings, that'll do. We'll make them better in CGI. Um, yes. Okay. Done. Rings of power.
0: Whew. Nailed it. Oh, man. No, but I think because there was so much happening in the last few episodes, we didn't get a strong sense of distance or time or like was what was the time between when people landed and ha- when they got places. Like that was really unclear. And I think- part of that is is because of the pacing problems that they had with the show so again you know what I mean like for me and, and so that's the thing is it's like I don't hate what they ended up with but I do think it could have been better but again I think just with like doing a better job with pacing and how many plot lines you're choosing to focus on with so many different characters in different places I mean the cultists did nothing for the show just cut that all together completely unnecessary i don't know one of them was really hot liana so they i just think red
1: herrings the for the sauron mystery
0: <laughs> i know but i i mean you know they were cool
1: and we had not gandalf saying i'm good that's a line in the show it was in the <laughs> script that they kept they thought that was good
0: i'm good yeah I mean, he is learning from Harfoots. Like, how okay, but in he- the, like
1: the next scene, he's speaking Shakespearean English to Nori. I'm, I'm so glad he learned in the last hour.
0: His memory is slowly returning. Okay, okay, <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cute. I like, yeah. I, I mean, I think that like ultimately, this is just kind of my feeling on the show as a whole. Is I I generally liked it. I think that had pacing problems. Um, but also, they're first time showrunners. So, like, hopefully. So, they why would she?
1: Why are they running a billion dollar show?
0: Now, that is a good question. <laughs> Who put these guys in <laughs> I charge? Mean, I mean, that that is a good question. I, I mean, no, I did I say
1: think- somewhere else, I was like, I kind of can't blame them because, I mean, like, if you hired me to do heart surgery, it's not my fault that you're going to die because I am not qualified to do heart surgery. Yeah. So they were not qualified for this job. So
0: whoever hired them is really to blame. <laughs> I mean, apparently, I saw in an interview they really impressed them because they had their fans of Tolkien and had specific plans for It's really for hard what to they find a fan to of Tolkien. It's not many of those around. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in Hollywood, there's not as many showrunners. But yeah, so apparently they impressed them with their plans for what they wanted to do with the show. My and understanding is they, they were
1: recommended it. by J.J. Abrams because they used to work in uh, Bad Robot. Yeah, that's interesting. So. Him to thank for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would hope that maybe they've learned some things in the first season, and maybe by season two. Have you
1: seen what they have to say about what their plans are for season two? No, I haven't. They said that they envision season two to be like The Dark Knight, like The Sopranos, like um, what's it called, Breaking Bad. That Hal Brand will be like Walter White. I'm not joking. I thought that was satire, but it is in fact not satire. That is what they said.
0: Could be interesting. We'll see. Not with
1: them running it.
0: <laughs> well, again, I my hope is that they've learned a little bit and their pacing will be a little bit better in season two. So we'll see. I mean, I'll still watch it and probably oh, I will too. enjoy it. But not not that part. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So uh <laughs> This is going to be an interesting episode. I don't know if we're going to get comments on this or what people are going to say. (laughs) And look, we're still friends. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, no one's killed anyone yet. No, it's fine. Because Uh, I haven't
1: taught you the Galadriel method of fighting with your feet, not with your hands. And what you do is you stab, twist, gut. I mean, none of them did that in the battle later, literally. Not even Galadriel used that method. But I'm I'm glad she taught them those useful
0: skills. very useful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But can yeah. we agree
1: that the rings at the end were really ugly? Yeah. And cheap looking. Yeah. Where did the billion dollars go? Where? There. Where did they there. The costumes. They li- like I I mean I was obviously joking, but it really felt like they were like it's the last episode and we don't have any rings. Quick, go to Dollar Tree. And yeah, I mean something. the rings
0: were not terribly impressive. So, no. They're
1: only the titular element, the I eponymous know. rings. Right, of rings cow. of power. Yeah. Also, no, how I, yeah. do we think that they're going to get the nine rings for men and the seven rings for dwarves, which they just, nope, don't, that didn't happen. We, we got to
0: see in season two. Those will come in season two. Ow. It's the further rings of power. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Totes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I'm so sad
1: that Isildur is 100% definitely dead totally and we will never see him again no
0: yeah I don't know why they left that hanging that was kind of irritating because like obviously we. I was fully
1: ready for them to rip off another Lord of the Rings scene and have Beric the horse come riding back with a thought to be dead Isildur so we can all be like
0: oh that's like
1: Aragorn we love it
0: Maybe they're doing that in the opening of season two. Oh,
1: great.
0: Yeah, I don't think they should have saved that for later or done it
1: at all. <laughs> it adds nothing to the story. No one thinks he's dead. No, nobody thinks he's dead, except for maybe people who watched this without. And if the they Peter do Jackson. think, did they care if he's dead? I'm kind of a jerk. I don't know that I would care that he's dead.
0: Yeah, he's.
1: I was. I can't tell you how genuinely angry I was. Most of the show, I was like, "This is dumb." But I felt actual anger when he gave Barak the horse a bite of his apple and then, like, carried on eating some of the rest of it himself. I was like, well, that's nice. You know, you don't have a lot of stuff on the ship. He was having an apple himself, but give one bite to the horse.
0: I know he it was gets kind up- of gross. I was like, why are you biting the apple after the horse ate from okay. it? Gross. But then he gets
1: up on deck and most of the apple is still there and he throws it overboard.
0: Into the ocean.
1: You couldn't have get just given it to the horse. The horse would have definitely eaten that apple. You are such a
0: jerk. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was less what I was thinking. I was more thinking like, "Ew, why are you biting the apple after you fed some of it to the horse? Like, gross. Why would <laughs> like doing that? Why have him throw it into the ocean?
1: They probably have more apples on a ship where yeah. you've limited resources. You only have what you carried
0: with you. I'm glad. You Maybe did. they have growing apple trees.
1: Would. Oh my god! I have to show you. There was a gra- like a cartoon someone did of like the like a the oh the know, ships. What? Yeah, the ship of like how this massive underbelly that is under the ocean to be <laughs> able to fit all of the supplies
0: they supposedly have on there. Yeah, I saw. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like there's probably more to the fleet than I don't know. It, it's they said we heard them say you get
1: three ships. There was originally five, yeah. so, but one of them, two of them exploded, so you get three
0: ships. That's it. Maybe so they sad. have a, a Mary Poppins handbags to store supplies in.
1: It's that same supply closet where they get radios from the Southlands where they're like, hey, quick, as soon as you land, ride over. And it'll be exactly. the exact same day, even though you guys were planning your trip and then got delayed and then you actually planned your trip. It coincides, your landing it's exactly with out. the day that we decide to defend the village. Instead of the much more defensible fortress tower, we were like, nah, let's defend an open Village. Unenclosed village yeah. instead. That's his good battle tactics.
0: I mean, to be fair, they none of them are trained soldiers other than the Arendir? Elf. Well, Erendir, yeah, but.
1: And he was the one that co signed
0: on this yeah. plan. Yeah, well. He <laughs> overestimated his abilities.
1: He clearly uh, had no abilities if he thought that was a good plan. <laughs> well,
0: I also really like Arendir and, Arendir and Bronwyn's relationship.
1: I've said this as someone. I wish I could remember the video because I've brought this up several times and Mm -hmm. it's not me that thought of this. I just really, really was like, yes. Um, It was a video my brother showed me talking generally about Rings of Power, but this specific Mm -hmm. point about how it's like little things, you know, that you're like, if you just fix this, it would immediately be like a thousand percent better. Mm -hmm. That like elves, typically speaking, not in this show, um, Tolkien-esque elves are kind of, you know, aloof and removed. They're kind of ageless. So they don't really like emote a ton because like your lifetime is like a blip for them. And so they speak in, in, you know, more poetic ways. And they're kind of, you know, they're, they're yeah. elves. Mm-hmm. And in this show, all the elves act really human all the time with just very human emotions. They don't seem different from humans at all, except for the pointy ears, except Arendir. Arendir is kind of aloof and Mm -hmm. removed and it would make so much more sense if it was just the other way around Mm. because Erendir is the one that's like into humans and wants to be Mm -hmm. around humans and is in love with a human so if all the other elves were like austere and removed and aloof but Arendir was extremely human and emotive because he likes the people Mm -hmm. that would everything just feel like it makes more sense but you're like all the elves they're just like people what is the difference except Erendir but he's like super into people but acts more like an elf than anybody
0: that's interesting yeah I can see that I guess I just assumed that part of it was because in this so many of the elves are a lot younger and have been at war in ways that they weren't in later films they're still like a thousand years old well, no, like, Galadriel's not. Yes, yes, she is. Really? I thought she was, like, a few hundred years old or something. That's still a lot, but, you know, she's, like, a thousand years old. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I had just sort of assumed that part of it was because they were not yet quite so old, and they had been at war, they'd had more going on, and so they were dealing with the trauma but, like, of that. Like, Kele- acts just like a human.
1: He doesn't yeah. act like
0: an elf. No, that's true. Celebrimbor, yeah, I agree
1: heck, in that scene where Halbrand and Celebrimbor are talking, Halbrand seems more elvish than Celebrimbor.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, Celebrimbor yes. was not my favorite portrayal. Most of the actors I liked that one. Also I was Gil-Glad. like, yeah. Oh. I I saw there's a there's a TikToker I follow who was joking that that he looks like a human cosplaying as an elf, <laughs> and I was like, I'll do. Well, I don't know that I feel like that way about all of them, but I feel like especially for like the Elven King, that that was definitely my feeling. I liked Gerondier though. I thought he was a good elf. I don't, so
1: like, I guess I should say, I don't have any problems with any of the actors themselves. Like Mm -hmm. for people who are saying that the acting is what's terrible in this show, I mean, you obviously disagree that the show is terrible, but for me, I'm like, what actor could make this script good? Like I don't I don't blame them. Like they were handed these lines to say and they were like mm-hmm. you want me to say what? <laughs> That's dumb. But okay, you're paying me to say that, so I will say that and I will try to make it sound legit. So like mm-hmm. you can't, I don't for people maybe, maybe I haven't really seen them in anything else, so maybe they are terrible actors. I can't confirm that they're not terrible actors, but I don't know that they are based on this cuz like what did you want them to do? <laughs> this is the script. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I mostly liked the actors i don't know yeah anyway we've now been talking for this about this for like an hour so (laughs) we should probably wrap it up but i mean i think yeah i think it's an interesting show i i have seen what i've mentioned in live shows that i enjoyed it i get a lot of comments from people who are not creators being like yeah i liked it too (laughs) Thanks for saying that. No one else is saying it. So I do think there's a lot of like casual watchers of the show who are enjoying it. And so, you know, for those of you who are listening, where if that's you, I hope that I help you feel heard and seen. (laughs) And the people that hate
1: it don't necessarily hate you. Yeah. Because look at us. Yeah. I don't hate Bethany.
0: No, and I don't hate Liana. It's Okay. Also, it's not like it's a cherished show for me, though.
1: You know what I mean? We might have problems if you were like, this is the greatest show that I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. Nothing will ever match it. I'd be Nothing like,
0: will ever been, match it. It is my favorite thing Bethany, but that I think I've we're ever talking. seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be more of a problem because that's not how I feel. Like, I just, I, I liked it pretty well. I have, like, it could have been better in some ways, but I mostly liked it.
1: My mom only watched the season finale. She hadn't seen, she'd seen like my videos on the rest of it, but she hadn't seen any of the episodes herself. So she watched the season finale and she was like, that was so boring. I don't understand how you watched eight episodes of that. That
0: was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ah, that's so funny. Well, there you go, everybody. Um, We are going to do On My Radar. Man, this is going to be a long episode. (laughs) Also, I have way more books for this than I normally do. So on my radar, will where we will share recent or upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance. Liana, I don't know if you have any today. Um, But the books I've got for today's episode will be released between November 1st and November 14th, 2022. But first, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd appreciate if you rate and review us, follow us over on YouTube, especially for the forthcoming live show for Wisdom of Crowds, which should be fun. And if you're interested in getting early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. And in fact, uh, this week's bonus content should be fun. It was what we were thinking. Thinking of possibly doing for the episode, but instead we're doing bonus content. Yes, that's right. We are going to be talking about Over the Garden Wall. It is seasonally appropriate. So uh, tune in, join us on Patreon if you want to hear about it. And a huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons. You make what we do possible. So um, books, I'm going to try to quickly run through these because like everything is apparently coming out in the first couple weeks of November. So Yeah. Uh, November 1st, we're getting Sea Sparrow by Kristen Kishore. This is the final book in the Graceling series that she has returned to over many years. I'm doing a read-along for it and loving them. We're also getting The World We Make by N.K. Jemisin, who is a queen, and I love everything that she writes. And uh, I'm sure this is going to be fantastic with eldritch horrors. (laughs) So it should be fun. Also, Ocean's Echo by Everina Maxwell. This is a companion to Winter's Orbit, which was one of my favorite books last year. It's a queer sci-fi romance, and this is set in the same world following different characters should be a good time we're also getting a restless truth by freya marsk which i am currently reading this one is a sapphic historical fantasy romance that is set in the same world as the marvelous light which came out last year and so far it's fun it's like two women on shipboard with a closed circle murder mystery and magic and like a slow burn romance happening (sighs) You thought I was done. I have more. There's a lot. There's so many. Uh, The Luminaries by Susan Dennard. It is the first book that she's written since The Witchlands. I mean, The Witchlands is not over. There will be another book coming out with that. But this is the start of a new series that looks intriguing. Excited to read that. We're also getting Moira's Pen by Megan Whalen Turner. So for anybody who was a fan of the Queen's Thief series, which I really loved, this is kind of cool. It's a collection of short stories set in the world of the Queen's Thief and it looks really pretty. And I (laughs) pre-ordered a special edition from Owl Crate because I was like, oh yes, I need that because I love the series. And then uh, November 8th, The Stars Undying by Emery Robin looks really interesting. This is um, a, I think, debut space opera drawing on the life of Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. So that should be interesting. I've been hearing some good things about it and then we've got a novella even though i knew the end by cl polk this one i did read it's fun it is like uh n- fantasy noir murder mystery with lesbians it's good i liked it it was fun it's short um yeah so i think i'll stop there <laughs> or more I could talk about. like Everything is apparently coming out the first couple weeks of November, but that will give you some great places to start for some books. This is all stuff that I am either reading or going to read. So yeah. That said, the next episode, I will be back with Izzy, and we have something very exciting for you. We have the chance to sit down and talk to Olivia Dade, author of Spoiler Alert and some other fantastic romances. She's one of my favorite contemporary romance authors, and she was just incredible to talk to. So if you are a romance reader, I know we sometimes don't get all the crossover on our... uh, our episodes, depending on what we're talking about. But I'm really excited for that. So that will be coming in two weeks. And this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Leanna. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can find us on our individual YouTube channels. The next episode will be available in two weeks. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.